Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the very first episode of the Mustang Manager Podcast, where we give you, the Cal Poly fans, a special insight look at the Cal Poly men's and women's basketball team, with exclusive interviews from the coaches and players themselves. I'm your host, head student manager of the Cal Poly men's basketball team, Vance Milwey. If you want to find out more information about this podcast, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. Just search for Mustang Manager Podcast. For my first guest, I have with me Donovan Fields. Donovan is a member of the 1,000 Point Club, the 300 Assist Club, and the 100 Steel Club. He's also the all-time leading free throw percentage shooter in Cal Poly basketball history. In our conversation, Donovan talks about his upbringing from Newburgh, New York, his rise through the junior college ranks to the Division I level, and some of his favorite memories and moments as a Cal Poly basketball player. We talk a little bit about his plans post-graduation and some advice that he offers for the current players uh, in regards to next year's season. I hope you enjoy some of the insight and stories that uh, you hear from Donovan. So without further ado, here's our podcast with Donovan Fields. All right, here with Donovan Fields. Don, after three years at Cal Poly, man, how's it feel to be uh, getting ready for graduation? You know, man, it's a really great feeling, man. It's just one of those moments, like, you always dreamed about, like, as a kid, is, like, graduating from college. And I'm just happy to be uh, making my family proud and just making the program proud and finally getting that degree that everybody is hoping to get. You mentioned your family. You're kind of famous around here in the Central Coast, but your heritage goes pretty far away from uh, California. Talk about where you're from and sort of your upbringing and how you got introduced to basketball. So, like, I grew up in a small city called Newburgh. It's in, not upstate New York, but it's like an hour outside of New York City. And it's a small city that has a suburban part and it has a really a rough, rough area, too. But um, I pretty much grew up outside of the, of the rough area, but, like, my father, he was a basketball coach down down in that area with, with a lot of those kids, like, just helping kids out and just trying to be a, a mentor. And um, my brother, he's a, he actually 20, 10 years older than me, and he played basketball before me, and I pretty much looked up to him my entire life. But he uh, played a lot of basketball down in that inner city area, and that's where I pretty much picked up my first basketball at St. Mary's Church on, on South Street. So I have a lot of memories there. It's just, like, I've pretty much been there my whole life. It's almost like that's the only place that I know. It's the first gym that I shot a basketball, first gym I made a basket, anything. So it's, it's really deep memories down there. Crazy to think all the heritage you have in the sport of basketball. Not many people know you were a multi-sport athlete, heck of a football player actually in your day. So talk to me about why uh, why basketball over football. I mentioned a little bit, uh, what did you play? And tell me a little bit about your football experience. Um, so to start off, like I, I was actually a quarterback, and we actually ran the same offense that that Cal Poly team runs right now. So the, the wing T. So I did a lot of you know, running plays up the middle and a lot of throwing here and there. So like I mean, we pretty much did it all. My, we were predominantly a running team. So like I had a lot of running backs that went like Division One, uh, A schools, all that stuff. So I was pretty much like that that other dual threat quarterback that we had. But I mean. I pretty much chose basketball because, like, when I was uh, at that age, I kind of had no breaks in high school because right after football season, I was heading right into basketball season, and it, re it recycles just like that. So I understood that in order to do this in college, like, it has to be something that you love, and I had to pretty much make a decision for myself, like, do I love basketball or do I love football or do I love both? And in the end, I pretty much decided that, like, I love basketball more than I pretty much just like doing football. It was just something I did and I ended up being good at. So I just continued to do it throughout high school. But uh, just, just having that love for the game of basketball, like that was the first sport that I picked up and 
sport, sport that I watched my brother play. So it was just something that was always in my life. It's interesting. A lot of Division One athletes that are so skilled at one sport are often talented in something else. And normally you have to make that decision right around that high school stage of, all right, what, what am I going to do here? Uh, you know, i got to pick one over the other. So we're happy you chose basketball, that's for sure. Yes, sir. So your senior year at Newburgh Free Academy, you go ahead and average 19.6 points per game, nearly five assists a game, and you go to Odessa Junior College in Texas. So i got to ask, were there any other offers, or was it pretty much JUCO from the start? All right, so, like, when I graduated high school, I went to a prep school down in Concord, North Carolina. Like, it doesn't even exist anymore. Like, it just pretty much went away after my class left. But I went there, and I, I had a, a scholarship offer to Morgan State, actually. But um, in the end, like, I went to, like, this showcase down in Myrtle Beach. And the coaches at Odessa, Coach Meyer and Coach Arnold, they came up to me, and they, they felt like I could go higher than, than Morgan State or the MEAC. So I – pretty much went about I pretty much decided after that that I was going to stay with Morgan State and then both the coaches from Odessa actually drove all the way out from Odessa to Newburgh New York and took my family out to dinner and sat, sat in my living room everything so I just saw how much effort they put into recruiting me and I felt like at the time Morgan State didn't put that same effort and I was like man if these guys actually believe in me and, and they feel like I can go somewhere higher and I, I was always about playing at the highest level that I could possibly get to so I felt like those guys put the effort in to get me to come all the way out to Odessa, so I pretty much declined the offer from Morgan State and chose a junior college in Odessa, like just one of those like gutsy risks that I pretty much took, and, and I feel like those days in Odessa definitely paid off and helped me get to where I'm at right now. Well, you talk about your days in Odessa. They certainly did pay off the risk you took. You played one year in Odessa. You shoot 51% from the field and 44% from three. Uh, really, what do you miss the most about junior college days? I was a junior college golfer in my day, and there's certainly some simple times with the junior college system that are a little more uh, easygoing than the Division One level. So what do you miss about Odessa? Well, I mean, like, we go to such a prestigious school as Cal Poly. Like, school at Odessa was a lot easier. So, like, I had a lot more, <laughs> I had a lot more time to, to focus on basketball. But, like, I just remember those days, like, because my team was actually, like, really good. Like, we were top – we were top 10 in the nation um, at the end of the year. Like we went to the National Junior College Tournament. Like we were a top top team in the nation. Like we had guys going to like Houston, uh, Wyoming. Like we had guys go to all a bunch of different schools. So just playing with those guys and like that camaraderie that we built in like, it, was, it wasn't even a year. It was pretty much eight months. Just like that brotherhood that we built was just something that I'm always gonna miss. So you get through your first year and your only year at Odessa College, and then you end up in the central coast of California at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. So make that connection for me. How'd you get in touch with CP, and, and what got you here? Um, so basically, uh, after my year at Odessa, I had originally had a scholarship offer to Niagara, but I went on an official visit there. Uh, pretty much didn't feel like it was a good fit for me, so I had decided to go back to Odessa. So this is probably about uh, June at the time, I think 2016, yeah, June 2016, and probably a week after I, I called my coaches, like, saying I'm coming back to Odessa, uh, Coach Joe Calero, a form, former Cal Poly Coach Joe Calero, he gives me a call, and he's like, yeah, um, we saw you play in Hutchinson, Kansas at the National Juco Tournament, like, we really want you to to fly out here in, in the next week. So, like, me and him are, like, texting back and forth, uh, having this conversation, and I had never heard of Cal Poly, like I never heard of San Luis Obispo and 
all I heard was like California and like I always wanted to go to California so I pretty much figured like why not just just take the trip see see what uh, see what the experience is like so um, Coach Calero pretty much flew me out here for for an official visit within a week of, of, of contacting me. So you end up uh, coming and signing, becoming a Mustang, and it's your sophomore year of college, your first year at Cal Poly, and just like that, you get thrown into the fire. You play in all 31 games, so it's sort of a fun story I like to hear from all the guys on the team. What was your first Division One basketball game like for you? Man, it was a roller coaster because it actually when we started out the game, my first shot I actually hit it was a two dribble pull up to the middle shot mid, a little mid-range jump shot and I hit the shot and I was just so excited to just hit that shot and then after that like the game just like it's, it's a lot faster than junior college so like after the game started speeding up and stuff it was just like man like this is a whole new experience and I just remember the one my only uh, I had two memories so one memory was there was a kid I forgot his name he went to Pepperdine uh, he actually played with Nolan Taylor and um, our coach in the uh, scouting report did day before the game told us that he has quick hands so this guy's guarding me I'm dribbling the ball up the court and I go to make a move and the guy just rips the ball out from like just takes it from me and that was probably like the first time like I actually had like a, a wake up moment where I was like oh like like I'm actually here and then the first another memory was like the first pass I threw was like a turnover like one of my teammates like he had miscommunication or something like and like he was wide open in the basket, but he was trying to set a screen for somebody, and I ended up throwing him the ball, and it completely set out of bounds. So, like, my my first Division One game was probably it started out good after hitting the shot, then it just ended rough. So, who'd you guys play? Um, it was Pepperdine. Pepperdine. So you were on the you were on the road, or you were at home? Yeah, we were on the road. We were at Pepperdine for the first game, and it was it was a packed gym too. Who was the first uh, team you played uh, here at Mott? First team we played here. First Division One team we played was uh, UTSA, University of Texas San Antonio. Nice, nice. Well, despite uh, jumping up to the new level and being a little bit overwhelmed, perhaps in that first game, you averaged eleven point three points a game, which is very respectable for a first-year Division One ball player. Uh, you come back your junior year, uh, your second year at Cal Poly, you're an All Big West honorable mention, and so you make this big jump in, in accomplishment here. What was the difference for you in your game? Was it more of a confidence thing, or did you really put a lot of extra work in that summer? Kind of walk me through that transformation from your first and second year at Cal Poly. Yeah, just like you just said, uh, it was just a mixture of just putting work in that summer and just having more confidence. It was like, like I'm already, I had my tested the waters, like saw that I actually belong here, and now it's just about like showing people like how good that I really am. So that junior year was really like a statement to for myself to really show people that whenever they come in tomorrow, whenever Cal Poly is in town, like they're always gonna, they always gonna see Donovan Fields and they're always gonna get a game out of him. He's always gonna fight. He's always gonna compete to the very end. Well, we talk about your junior year. It was a very special year for you from the free throw line. You have this Cal Poly single season record. You were 92.6% from the free throw line in an entire season. As rare as that is, you went 75 for 81 and you were ranked third in the nation among all Division One ball players from the stripe. Uh, were we even thinking about that stat? I mean, how much were people talking about that? And as you got down towards the end, did you kind of start struggling a little bit more from the line, or was it pretty fluid the whole way through? Um, so, yeah, like, just that every time I go to the free throw line, I always felt like every player should be a good free throw shooter because it's like, like you said, they're free. And, they're like, that's one of the only shots that you're going to get in a game where it's completely uncontested. It's like... You just have to make your free throws. It's like that's just standard to me. 
So like, I always took pride in that. So every time I go to the line, like in my mind, like I know I'm gonna make the shot. And free throws is, is pretty much majority of it is mental. Cause like if you go to the line thinking you're gonna miss, it's like you most likely gonna miss. So like I always took pride in free throws. And just that season, there were probably some spurts where like a game where I'll miss like one or two in it. And like next game I'll go perfect and following game I'll miss like one and I, w I remember that happened probably in like in January like in January like in the winter and then a little bit towards the end of the season but overall like it was pretty much fluid for me like some games I'll go to the line seven times another game I'll go one but like if I go one to ten times like I'm just gonna make sure every time I sh I'm at the free throw I'm gonna hit that shot. What do you think is the biggest difference uh, between good free throw shooters, bad free throw shooters? You, you kind of mentioned the mental thing. Mechanically, though, and really sort of out of a routine, is it something that anybody can be a good free throw shooter because you know, it's sort of a mechanics thing, or is it really about who puts the most practice in? Yeah, it's always about who puts the most practice in. It's like this, this game, like you have to put time into it. Like If somebody becomes good at something, it's because they put time into it. Rarely you might have guys that are just naturally gifted, but like it comes to a point where if you, if you do it long enough, like you're going to end up getting good at it. So like I feel like mechanically, like you practice those mechanics that you make the shots with, like you're gonna, it's gonna translate to the games. And like I said before, it's, it's a lot mental, but like if you have the same routine, same amount of dribbles, if you do the same routine every single time, it's just like that's just something that it makes it makes you feel more comfortable, and that could even give you more confidence when you get to the free throw line. Talk about some of the things you added to your game personally. I know uh, you were talking about the work you put in between your first and second year at Cal Poly. Were there things specifically with your game, specific moves, specific shots, things that you wanted to get better at or develop that really kind of helped you take the, to take you to the next level? Yeah, so like I always wanted to improve on my, my three ball or just jump shots, period. But like the main thing that I really uh, wanted to really improve on each and every year was like the amount of space that I was able to create for myself with or without a screen. So like, I know like pick and rolls and like everything like that, it's like really big, like when you get to the professional level. So like every year I just wanted to just build my knowledge, build my IQ and be able to make different moves within the pick and roll game. And also like, if I don't need a screen, like be able to create my own shot. And I was, that was basically the two things that I wanted to work on the most. Now we talk about your stature. A lot of people, they look at five foot 10 and they, they kind of like to sweep that under the rug they like to dismiss that but uh, you really sort of developed this reputation of being somebody who's five foot ten walking in the gym and everybody's afraid of you and uh, coaches are doing everything they can to scout to keep you from absolutely going off against uh, whatever defensive schemes they have the stature argument I mean does it bother you is it something you don't care about does it motivate you talk to me about that um I want to say it bothers me but it's just something that is on my mind like I know when I walk in the gym like like you said, some people that like that know they know that I could play, and there's some people that of course are like, oh, he, he's still too small. And it's just like, regardless, like I know people are, are gonna think of it, so like it's always gonna be on my mind too. But it's one of those things that just always motivates me, and it, it pretty much is like that chip. And I just gotta pretty much every time I go to play, I gotta have that chip on me because I already know like every time I get on the court, like there's gonna be somebody in that gym that doubts me. Well, you come into your senior year certainly with a huge chip on your shoulder. This very first game you play, uh, Menlo College at home, it's, uh, I believe, the first home opener you ever had as a Mustang. Uh, you go ahead and score your first 30-point game, uh, home opener. We start 1-0. Talk to me about that win and some of the memories you have from such a good start to the year. Man, it was just like I had been waiting for that, that game, that first game, because like, 
the season before my junior year, we lost to UCSB in the Big West tournament by, by like a large amount of, of points. So like the only thing that I could think of after that moment was that first game. And I just knew like that first game, I was going to make a statement and I was going to come out and really show everybody that like I'm ready to come to play this year and like, that my team is ready to come play this year. So that game was just like, I had pretty much built up so much excitement for it and it just it just pretty much showed like every shot that I pretty much felt like I was taking like even the tough ones like, I pretty, pretty much felt like I was hitting everything. Well looking in the grand scheme of your senior year it was a tough year for the team a lot of things happened but you go ahead and average 17 points a game it's it's the best season of your career you have two 30 point games 11 games with 20 or more uh, you got to be proud of the progress that you've made in these three years I mean you talk about a kid that came all the way from New York traveling through the junior college ranks in Texas and, and really coming into the storm here at the Division One level. Uh, what are you most proud of personally in your time here as a Cal Poly Mustang? Um, I'm pretty much most proud of myself for just being able to come out somewhere so far away from family. Like, I have no family west of, like, Tennessee. So, like, I'm pretty much out here all by myself. And I, I'm just really proud of myself that I was able to pretty much handle my responsibilities all on my own. Like, I mean, I always had my parents, I had my back, but like, I pretty much was out here on my own and just took care of my business and was able to balance basketball and school. And I'm just really proud of myself for pretty much getting that degree because like, especially school here, it's not, it's not easy at all. So I'm just really proud of myself for being able to balance school and basketball just to, just to have success in both. We'll get to graduation in a minute. First, let's talk about your major and uh, run me through some of the toughest classes you had at Cal Poly. And, and Tell me about that first time you had that kind of uh-oh moment academically with Cal Poly and you thought, all right, this is kind of a different level as far as academics go. So, like, the uh-oh moment came, like, my first year. It was, like, first week. And I had a, a class with um, in journalism. Just like a, It was pretty much like a class that we had to take just to help for my GPA and stuff. So I pretty much get to the class. And I went that day, and it was, like, some extra credit assignment. I was just like, I'm just gonna leave early. Like, I don't have to do the extra credit assignment. Like, I'm gonna pass the class anyway. So I, I go home early and I get a phone call like two hours later from from the head coach Joe Calero. He tells me like, were you in class today? Um, in journalism today? And I was like, yeah, I was in class where he was basically saying like how the teacher didn't didn't see that I handed in the extra credit assignment. So he went to the the head coach and told him that he wasn't in class and that I had to pretty much get my way out of that situation because coach was trying to get me to run five miles but I was trying to tell him that I want the class but like after that moment that's when I realized like if they want me to do an extra credit assignment I realized like how serious they take academics here and like that was that, that pretty much that moment where I had where I was just like man like they take this serious but the hardest class that I took as a comms major I think it was uh comms 332 I think I took it last quarter whatever it is uh but it's like a rhetorical, classical rhetorical criticism, like Plato and Aristotle, like all that, all that crazy stuff. And it was just like, that class was just like so boring to me. And it was just like, I don't know, like that was probably the toughest class I ever had to take because I really had to like really dial in and focus just so I could pass. Well, there you go. If you're coming to Cal Poly, you want to be a comms major, look out for uh, the rhetorical analysis class. Yeah. You had a lot of teammates over the past three years, uh, lots of memories, I'm sure good and bad both. Um, talk to me about the bond here at Cal Poly. I mean, you talk about how tough the academics are. and I know just in that locker room, the players really do lean on each other and, and support one another, not just on the court, but in the academics as well. 
Um, what are some things that are real special to you about the teammates you've had over the past three years? Um, yeah, it's just crazy because like I pretty much had a different like group of guys each and every year. Like our team, like personality, our team attitude, like it's been different every single year. But like it was just like certain things, like certain funny things that we may do that one team might have did and found funny, and then another team would have been like, like, "What are y'all doing?" It's just like funny. The team dynamic that I had each year was just like totally different. But like. It just brought all different kinds of memories with those guys, and like those are just some of the things that you just never can forget. And like each and every guy that, that I had in that locker room each and every year, it's just like those guys will always go down like in my heart, and it's just like I'll never forget everything that we went through. So, for anybody that hasn't gone to a Cal Poly Mustangs basketball game here at the Mott Athletic Center, Don, why don't you talk a little bit about the amount of support that your teams get from? the community, from the student body, from everybody that supports the programs, uh, whether it be attendance or whatever it may be, uh, talk about sort of the Mustang Nation that really holds our basketball team up. Yeah, the Mustang Nation is really great. Like the, the loyal fans that pretty much come out, win or lose, they're always there and they're always there to shake our hands after the game. Like I pretty much haven't had, I pretty much only probably had one moment where there was an angry fan in my entire three years here, but like all the fans like around in the community and everything like that, like they always show support, especially when we come and play at Mott. And Mott Magic, like I just had like an interview about Mott Magic like a couple weeks ago, and Mott Magic is real because of that that fan support that's just undying and just loyal to to the Mustang uh, basketball team. So you talk about the Mott Magic that you experienced over the the three years you had here with uh, Cal Poly. Let's go through some of the highlights, man. Talk me through some of those moments that you've had. Uh, with this team on the court, situations uh, that, that are going to stick with you for the rest of your life? The first moment came sophomore year. We're actually playing Long Beach State, and we're on ESPN. And when I tell you, like, that game was so packed. Like, like I honestly wish, like, ESPN like, – it was ESPN YouTube, so this is, like, official, like, on everybody's TV. Like, a bunch of people could watch it on TV. And we actually uh, – came down to the wire against uh, Long Beach, but I actually had the, uh, almost had the game-winning layup. But, um, then after the after the layup, somebody got fouled. But just that, the atmosphere that that game had, it was just like insane. Like it almost felt like he was watching college game day on like a Saturday or like a Sunday and like Dick Vitale's on the thing. And it was just like, <laughs> it was just so crazy to be in that atmosphere and just to have that in mind. It was just a great experience. That was sophomore year. Junior year probably would be uh, the game we beat UCSB. They came out on us 23-2 to two to start, like, first 10 minutes. And after that, we just came back firing. Like, everybody's just going. And we ended up hitting a lot of threes and a lot of shots pretty much the entire game to sustain, sustain that uh, and ended up beating UCSB, like, at the – not the buzzer, but it was like a guy got fouled, like, shooting a half-court shot and ended up getting three free throws. And we went – that was probably the craziest comeback that I've ever experienced, and like just to be a part of is like that's some like very historic because like moments like that don't even happen a lot in the sport of basketball period. So that was probably the biggest thing. And then another thing junior year was when uh, we beat CSUN. I think it was in like February. Um, Vic, Victor Joseph had like 36 points, and like I had the, the assist to send us into overtime to Victor, but. Just that game to see, like, our guys fight the entire time, like, 40-plus minutes, and just to see us continue to, to push and, and just keep willing to fight 
that was probably one of the, the biggest moments for me and the, the Mustang Nation too. It just showed us, showed the team like and the people out there how much grit that we had, how much toughness that we had. And then senior year, probably uh, each four 30-point game that I had, like just scoring 30 points to me, especially in the college division one game, is just like something that I was always proud of. And to be able to do that in my was something that was always just a great accomplishment to me. And then uh, scoring a thousand points here, here in my at home, like I always wanted to score a thousand points on my home court. So like just to have that was a really great, great highlight for me. And then the last highlight was the shot that I had against Hawaii to pretty much seal yes, the game. Sir. That was probably my favorite moment. Like I know Vic, Vic had a moment like that against UC, uh, UC Davis last year. That was like to seal his, uh, solidify his like career right there like you always have that career shot that a guy has at whatever school they got and like that career shot was that shot against Hawaii to send us uh, to seal the game. Now we talk about uh, big time assists your career I'm thinking of one moment in particular that you kind of missed um, so you have the game game saving assist to Vic Joe uh, in your junior year you had the game saving game winning assist to Mark Crow who knocks down the buzzer beating yeah. overtime winner at home against Bethune Cookman, come on, you you got to tell me about that, man. I forgot all about that. Yeah, I mean, that game was cause even I was hot. I think I had finished with like twenty eight points or something like that. So that game was just clicking, and I just remember my junior going going all the way out to Florida and losing to them on their home court, and I just knew like we had to win that game just to get payback, and there was nothing, there was anything I was willing to do to get that win. So like, I just remember driving up the court looking for my shot I was originally going to shoot the ball myself but then I see Mark Crow and Mark Crow was shooting like 50% from the field from from three point line so I'm like yeah that's an easy pass and kicked it to him and I had all the faith in the world that he was going to hit that shot and to see it bank in was like even more like wow like I know that hurt uh, Bethune Cookman because <laughs> a bank shot going at the buzzer is just like man but like just that that whole game was just like it was just crazy it was a great experience Shout out Mark Crow, who was uh, about third in the nation at the time uh, in three-point field goal percentage. Uh, it'll be interesting when we get his take on that whole uh, moment as well. You're working on uh, getting your way out of here. What are some things, if you could go back to sophomore year Donovan Fields and give him some advice, what are some things that you wish you knew now that your times at uh, Cal Poly are just about finished? Hmm. Honestly... Pretty much, I don't think I wish would wish to do anything differently. I feel like everything that I did up until this point was supposed to happen, and it happened exactly how it was. Like, only thing I did wish would make like we win one more games, but like one person can't really control that. Like it's it's all a group effort. But like me personally, like, I feel like I handled the situation exactly how I should have, and I went about it exactly how I should have. So. Only thing I would tell my future self is just to, on my past self, senior sophomore year, just to be staying in the gym, keep doing what you're doing. Like you're on the right path, and you're on the path to doing great things. One thing that's really unique about the Big West Conference, uh, which Cal Poly competes in, is that it's it's a really level playing field, and really any team can come out of that conference. I think nine different winners of the Big West Conference tournament in the last nine years, and. There's always a lot of emotion in these conference games, whether you're playing Riverside or Long Beach or especially Santa Barbara. Uh, if you could pick, I think you're going to say Santa Barbara here, but maybe even besides Santa Barbara, if you could pick a team in the Big West Conference that you just want to beat, I mean, who are the teams that you just hate the most out of your conference? I hate the most. I 
always hated playing against Irvine. And I actually got to beat them one time. I beat them on their home court, and that was just a great win. But, like, Irvine was like a game that was just, like, didn't like playing against them. Because it was like they threw the ball in the post all the time, but they really tried to bully you and stuff like that. And the coach is talking, and the players are talking. Is <laughs> Like, they, I mean, they're, don't get me wrong, like, they're a really great team, and it's just like the – they just all talk and it's just like they all back it up too so that just makes it 10 times worse but like <laughs> those games were like against Irvine were always tough and it was just like you knew there was going to be a fight like <laughs> like literally a fight like bruises like you're going to get knocked on the ground and all that stuff but that's probably the team that I always wanted to beat the most. A lot of people don't really get to see what goes on behind the scenes and we're talking about practice and workouts and uh, even things like road trips and Getting getting to flights on time and getting in the charter bus and checking into hotels. Talk about some of your maybe favorite stories or just experiences you had on the road. Things that you maybe didn't realize you were going to be doing on road trips. Uh, kind of fill the fans on what it's what it's really like to be traveling on the road in the midst of uh, conference play in a, in a Division One basketball season. Well, first things first for like all student athletes, especially basketball players. I know how it feels to be on a road trip and you have homework or like an essay due. When you're on the road, like, I don't think people understand how much you really do not want to do, have anything to do with school. It's just, like, especially because, like, you're traveling and stuff, and, like, that's even tiring in itself. Like, just getting on a plane and flying somewhere and then having to have practice right right as soon as you go off the plane, like, that's probably one of the hardest things to do. And, I, and that's probably one of the biggest things that I applaud, like, every student athlete out there that just continue to grind, like, traveling and stuff like that during the season and, and balancing schoolwork and all that stuff is, like, one of the toughest things that you can do. But, like, some of the things that I was able to do, like, on road trips was, like, just take, like, go out and see wherever we're at. Like, that was a, the biggest thing for, like, the coaching staff. Whenever they took us or we ever went anywhere, they wanted us to see the city. So, like, I've seen Alaska, Seattle. Um, I took my teammates out to New York. We saw the ball drop. So, like, just – a bunch of different experiences like we all get on road trips is just like one of the cool things that basketball allows you to do so like it, my dad and like coaches growing up used to always say like basketball is like a vehicle and like you just use it to take you different places in life and like I just know like when I go on these road trips with, with my my teammates and stuff it's just like basketball is giving us an opportunity to, to see the whole entire world it's just a great thing well we're rolling down to uh the last Gosh, less than 10 days, really, till, uh, till school's out and then we're getting down to graduation. Talk to me about post-graduation plans. I know you want to keep playing. Um, I know you've been working real hard uh, on your game and on your body. Uh, kind of fill me in. What, what's the plan going forward from Cal Poly? Um, so about three weeks ago, I signed with uh, Anchor Sports on group. Um, Steven Edwards Morley is my, my agent. So right now, um, me and he's working on some things, for, some opportunities for me to further my basketball career. But like you said, it's 10 more days, and I'm just trying to lock in on, on school right now so I could pretty much just be done. But um, after graduation, I'll be heading to uh, Inland Empire area, L.A. area, uh, SoCal, and just going to be down there for the, for the summer just training uh, with, with Victor Joseph and just just working and just grinding every single day and trying to, trying to prepare for my uh, first year, my first contract that I'm going to get. You mentioned uh, Victor. You've actually mentioned him a couple times. You guys have a really special relationship. Some I've got to see uh, firsthand. Shout out Vic Joe. He's just a heck of a guy. Um, 
really cool to kind of see that relationship unfold, especially as you kind of were going through your senior year right after he went through his senior year. Talk about that relationship, even back to when you guys met and some of the experiences you guys had to kind of go through together. Yeah, it was just like Vic was probably one of my first friends to have like in California. So like that was my roommate, like him and Cuba, and like shout out Cuba too. Like those two guys, like those are the first people that when I came out to California, like I said, like I didn't know anybody. So like this is probably the first time where I actually had to go to a new environment where I had known completely not a single person. So like it was just like those Vic was like my, one of my first friends, Cuba too. So those relationships is like something that always like will stick with me and just like just being around Vic like he's like you said he's a great dude and just I know he has the same uh, mindset I have the same goals that I have same visions that I have so it's just like when you get around somebody like that you just it's just somebody that you want to be around because you know they're going to motivate you and you can motivate them. One thing that's unique about your position being a point guard it's often being compared to sort of the quarterback of the basketball team uh, which you played yourself uh, back in in the day uh when the playing career is all over and it's all said and done, do you want to stay, I imagine, in basketball? You want to go into coaching? You want to, What kind of level do you want to get to as a coach? Is that something you've even thought about? Uh, just kind of let me know what, what you're thinking on that regard. Yeah, the crazy thing about it is I don't really like coach. Like, I try to coach now, like, or my dad tries to get me to coach, and I, I pretty much hate it, hate doing it because, <laughs> like, I know, like, I can play. So right now, like, when I think about coaching, I don't see myself being a coach, but I know, like, anything can happen in the future. Like, I don't even know. Like, I might just end up doing it anyway, like, after I, I finish playing. But if I if I possibly can, like, I want to stick with basketball because, like, that's the thing that I know the best. Like, that's the thing I have the most knowledge about. So why not work doing that? It's just, like, the fact that I'm good at it now and I'm able to play, like, why not get paid for it? So basketball is something that I pretty much want to have like in the rest of my life whether I'm working like on the outside of, of basketball or actually playing basketball well the way I see it, you got a pretty good situation either way I mean no matter what you're walking out of here with a degree from a, a high level academic institution so I think there's a lot of things that are sort of ahead for you that are that are very exciting I'm sure you're gonna miss some things about Cal Poly but you, you got a lot of exciting things to look forward to yeah so pretty much thing that I'm pretty much looking forward to is just the future, just the fact that you just have no idea what could what could happen. But I know I'm gonna I'm gonna grind. I'm gonna work hard, and I'm gonna pretty much work as hard as I can to get what I, whatever it is that I want. And that's the, the thing that I'm really looking forward to. But the one thing that I'm gonna miss about Cal Poly is just all the relationships that I built here. It's just like I said, I came here not knowing a single person in a whole different environment different cultures the east coast and west coast is just two completely different places and just like just all the people that i met all the people that that i spend time with each and every day like each and every guy in the locker room just like i'm gonna miss all that stuff all those moments and like, those are things that i'm just never gonna forget when you leave cal poly uh what's the last sort of thing you're gonna leave with the guys on the team now uh what sort of advice are you gonna offer to them uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of change going on with this team and there's a lot of opportunity for uh, the Cal Poly basketball program going forward. So what would you want to see out of those players and what excites you most about what's uh, to come for our team? Yeah, I'm like really, really excited to see what the guys will be able to do for uh, the next next coming seasons. But one of the things that I would probably say uh, like as advice is like just to be patient with the process because like 
certain things just don't change overnight. So like, there's gonna be ups and downs. They they're gonna lose. They're gonna win. It's just just keep grinding. Like the only thing you can do, you're gonna have bad days. You're gonna have good days. Just like that's just how it is. That's how life is. So you just gotta keep pushing through and just keep grinding and keep being tough and just keep doing everything that they're doing. I feel like these next couple of years, the, the program is really gonna take a turn and it's really gonna be something that people have to watch out for. So you're a member of the 1,000-point club. You've got over 100 steals, more than 300 assists, and you're the all-time free throw percentage leader, and you have a single-season record. Of those four, uh, really five, phenomenal feats that you have, which was the hardest to obtain? Mm, the, the hardest to obtain, Of course, I would say a thousand points because like I had never scored a thousand points. I didn't even do that in high school, so that probably be the biggest things I had never done it before. But honestly, to me, the hardest thing to obtain was the all-time free throw leading, uh, percentage leader, just because the fact that when I was in the middle of the season my my last year, and when I had spurts where I would miss start missing free throws, like I started seeing my percentage dip. And I was seeing that I ended up being second. So it was just like really having that in the back in my mind and maintaining that number one spot was like the toughest thing for me to do. And I remember having a spurt where I missed like five free throws or in, in the spurt like three games. And I, I would have to make like my next seven just to keep that number one spot. And that was probably one of the toughest things for me to do this past year. So we talk about certain moments that we've had. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Don hit a shot, hit a three-pointer actually. Uh, with about, gosh, what do you think, 30 seconds? Yeah, less than that, honestly. Yeah, I mean, under 30 seconds to go to pretty much seal up the victory against Hawaii. There was a lot of emotion behind that game. That's, you know, it's one of those big West rivals. You, you, you really want to really beat your conference rivals, but uh, huge win at Mott. And then you also had this game-saving assist when Victor Joseph knocks down his jump shot, sends a game into overtime. Many people don't realize, too, that game, you guys won in double overtime. And that win really propelled you guys back into the Big West Conference Tournament. That was a huge, huge turning point. When you look at those two moments, which one is better in the eyes of Donovan Fields? That's tough. I'm going to go with the shot in Hawaii. Just off the fact that, I, like I said, it's just one of those moments that just solidifies like your career that like you was that guy. And, that shot right there was just like one of those shots that I always dreamed about hitting. So like that was a better moment in, in my eyes. But that that game uh, winning assist that I had to Vic was just like it was also like a, a crazy moment because like I, like you could see me getting ready to shoot the ball and I literally saw Vic at the corner of my eye. I don't even know how he got there, but I saw Vic at the corner of my eye and like it's Vic. Like I know he's gonna hit the shot, so I pass it to him like without a doubt in my mind that he was going to hit the shot. So like that moment was also just as crazy, but in my eyes, the shot versus Hawaii is probably my favorite one. Well, Don, uh, I think we've pretty much exhausted as much of the moments as we could conjure up. Uh, we're going to miss you big time out here at Cal Poly, and I know the community is is come to know you and, and really support you as well. And uh, you know, you're always going to have a home here in San Luis Obispo and, and a lot of people that are going to be looking out for you and supporting you and uh, we're excited to see where the professional careers take you and we wish you all the best man so thanks for coming on and uh, congratulations on graduation and really just uh, enjoy these uh, next few weeks eh? Yes sir, appreciate you man. and the Mustang Manager Podcast man. check it out, episode one
Yes, sir. That's a wrap for episode one. Thanks for tuning in to the first ever episode of the Mustang Manager Podcast with my guest, Donovan Fields. Uh, if you want to find more information about this podcast, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. Just search us, Mustang Manager Podcast. From the My Athletic Center here on the campus of Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, that's it for us today. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Mustang Manager Podcast. Peace.